Well, turning your Bibles to Luke chapter 1, we're continuing, of course, our study of the birth of our Savior Jesus. This time of the year, of course, Christmas is just a few days away, and we're looking at the birth of our Savior. We began last week, and we're looking at the special study. We're looking at four times that dealing with the birth of Christ that angels appear to people, and each of these times the people are afraid. And so the angels begin by saying, do not be afraid, or stop being afraid, really. And so we're calling this study the, the fear nots of the angel's message. And we saw last week two fear nots, and this morning we'll see two more, and they all deal with the birth of our Savior Jesus Christ. So it's a lot of fun as we look at it. So let's think about it for a second. Fear, it's powerful. It's a powerful force in our lives. Sometimes fear paralyzes us. Uh, we, don't, we don't know what to do. We don't want to make a mistake. Uh, we, we're afraid. Fear can drive us. Fear is the fear of failure or the fear of punishment or the fear of being found out or the fear of not being accepted or the fear of going to hell or the, the fear of our circumstances. Fear drives us. We know that there are 365 places in the Bible where it actually says, do not be afraid or fear not. In our study, we're just looking at four places connected with the birth of Christ where angels tell people not to be afraid. Four truths from God's Word that we realize that we don't have to be afraid, and we saw them last week. If you remember, we saw the first two, and let me remind you what they were. The first two, one was the fear not of salvation. The other was fear not in circumstances. If you remember the fear not of salvation, we said it this way. What are we, what are we talking about? Of course, uh, that all people sin. We've all come short of the glory of God. That uh, We know that there's more to life than this time. There's... God has put eternity in our hearts. And so we know that what happens after we die? What happens? Well, uh, can we be with God or, or will we be separated from God? There's the whole idea of the fear of death and separation. But in Luke chapter 2 last week, we saw that when the angels came to the shepherds, they said, don't be afraid. Fear not. Why? Because we bring you good news of great joy, which is to all the people. And that good news of great joy is that born that day in the city of David is a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And we don't have to be afraid. We don't have to be afraid of, of what's going to happen. We don't have to be afraid of, 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 the, the, of what's going to happen to us when we die because God has salvation for us in Jesus Christ. My favorite verse, we put it up last week, is 1 John four fourteen. It says, And we beheld, and we bear witness, that the Father has sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. Jesus Christ is over. You don't have to be afraid. Every one of us in this room, that you can know for sure that you have eternal life. And it's not because you're good. And it's not because you go to church. It's not because anything you do. It's because Jesus Christ has already died in your place, paid for sin, and rose again, and offers to you the gift of eternal life. Good news, a great joy to all people. Born that day in the city of David is a Savior. Jesus is the Savior, and whoever believes in him will never perish. You don't have to be afraid. God has provided a savior. And so we don't have to be afraid. God has provided that. The second one we saw last time was the fear of circumstances. And, and, and we, can, we can know that God can do the impossible. If you remember, we saw last week where the angel came to Mary and said, uh, Mary, you know, favored one, uh, God's gonna, you're going to have a son. He's going to be the king of Israel. He's going to be the Messiah and the Savior. And she goes on and says, oh, wait a minute. I don't know about that. And the angel says, don't be afraid. And she says, well, how is all this going to work? Because I, I, I'm, I'm a virgin and, and you know, all this. And, and he says, listen, God, the Holy Spirit's going to come upon you. And you don't have to be afraid because what is impossible with man 
is possible with God. And in our lives, our circumstances, we look at things and we go, I don't know how that's going to turn out. I don't know what we're going to have to do. But we don't have to be afraid in the circumstances of life because we have a God who's in control who is working all things according to the counsel of his will. So we saw those first two fear nots last week. Well, this one, this week, we're going to start with another one. And we call it the fear not of unanswered prayer. And, and what we can do is just remember this, Luke chapter 1, we can trust God to answer our prayers. And I know every one of us in this room, we've been doing a study in our girl groups on prayer, and we've done already about eight or nine lessons. And when we talk about prayer, we say, what well, prayer is just talking to God. And so sometimes we lift up our prayer requests, and we say, oh, Lord, do this, oh, do this. And it doesn't seem like sometimes... He answers it. Sometimes we say, I've been praying for a long time for this, and still nothing's ever happened. Well, this morning we're going to look at a guy, a man who had been praying for a long time. His name was Zacharias. He was a priest in Israel. He had been praying for a son. Now, he and his wife, they, uh, her name was Elizabeth, they were older by this time. In fact, they were actually beyond when most people would have babies. And so people would say to him, you know, we're so sorry you never had any kids. We're so sorry. But he still prayed that God would give him a son. In Luke chapter 1, look at verse 5. In the days of Herod, king of Judea, there was this priest named Zacharias. He was of the division of Abijah, and he had a wife from the daughters of Aaron. Her name was Elizabeth. So there they are. And he's a descendant of Levi. He's a priest. She's a descendant of Levi. And so they're a great family. And look what it says. They were both righteous in the sight of God, walking blamelessly in all the commandments and requirements of the Lord. I mean, they obeyed the Bible the best they could. They believed in the coming Messiah. When it says they were both righteous, that means they had believed in the Messiah. Abraham believed God, and it was credited to him for righteousness. Whoever believes in Jesus Christ as Savior has righteousness. Well, they had believed in the coming Messiah. They were blameless in the sight of God in that sense. And, but the problem was this, verse 7. But they had no child because Elizabeth was barren, and they were both advanced in years. And so they're praying for a son. And we see this whole fear of unanswered prayer that we will pray and we pray, and, and sometimes it never comes to pass. And we say, oh, Lord, I want this to happen. But I want you to understand something, that God answers prayers. Sometimes the answer is yes. And sometimes the answer is no. And sometimes the answer is wait. And we're going to see in the case of Zechariah, the answer was yes, but you've had to wait. And, and think about this. So look at verse 8. It happened that while he was performing his priestly service before God in the appointed order of his division. Now when King David, when he was the king, he took all the priests and he divided them into 24 sections. So all the priests were in 24 sections, and they served at a certain period of time, and then they would go back to their house, and another order would serve. Well, it just so happens it's Zachariah's time to serve. And so he wakes up and says, Elizabeth, I'm, I'm going to be serving in the temple now for at least a week, maybe two weeks. We don't know how long David had it set up. And so he said, I'll be home when I'm through serving. So he goes up there, and something happens special. Because as priests, you had all kinds of jobs. Some priests did sacrifices out front, and some priests cleaned up, and some priests did other things. But some priests were chosen to go into the holy place. Not the holy of holies, because only the high priest could go in there. But the holy place was a little room in front that they would walk in. And on one side was this lampstand, and on the other side was this table of showbread, and in the middle was this altar of incense. And he got picked. They cast lots. And he got picked to go and burn the incense. Now, the truth is this. As a priest, you probably got to do this once in your whole life because it was very rare. There were a lot of priests, and you didn't get to do this. And it just so happened he got chosen. 
And notice it says, uh, verse 9, according to the custom of the priestly office, he was chosen by lot, this is verse 9, to enter the temple of the Lord and to burn incense. Wow. I mean, this would be something to write home about. It would be. I mean, you know, hey, I, I got to be, I got to go in and burn the incense. And so all the people are waiting outside, and while he's in there, notice verse 11, and an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing to the right of the altar of incense. Zacharias was troubled when he saw the angel, and fear gripped him. Remember? And when angels come, there's fear. So what is the angel going to say? angel said to him, don't be afraid, Zacharias. Why? Your petition has been heard. You've been praying all this time. And you think God's not going to answer it. Y'all think y'all too old to have babies. Your petition has been heard, and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you will name him John. And he says, see, don't be afraid. Literally, stop being afraid. Your petition has been heard. God answers prayers. God has heard your prayer. He's going to have a son son by the name of John. And by the way, that was unusual because most of the time that the children, some of them were named after their their dad or somewhere in their family. And so he said, you're going to have a son named John. And God answers prayers. And you know, the son is going to be even more than he even imagined. He just wanted to have a son. But this son, he prayed to have a son, but this son is going to give, God is going to give him a son who is the forerunner of, of the Messiah. Now, you know who John is. We call him John the Baptist, but John was the one set apart that went, uh, began to announce to people, behold, the king is here, the Messiah is here. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The Messiah is here. And they came out and asked him, are you the Messiah? No, no, I'm not the Messiah. Well, who are you? He said, listen, I'm not even worthy to undo his shoes, but he's coming. And when he comes, he'll come as the king of kings and the Lord of lords and all that good stuff. So we, we, he, this, is who he is. this is who his son's going to be. Now, Let me just say something about prayer. We don't have to be afraid because God answers prayer. Now, sometimes the answer is yes. And and usually when we get a yes, we go, isn't that wonderful? God answered our prayer. Yes. And then sometimes it's no. And we say something like, I said he didn't answer it. No, he answered it. The answer was no. And then sometimes it's just wait. But here's some things I want you to know and think about prayer. First of all, Make your request known. Lift them up. Keep lifting our request before God. He says, make your request known. In Hebrews chapter 4, he says, come boldly to the throne of grace. We can come boldly to the throne of grace. Listen, when you approach God, you don't have to be afraid. He says, come boldly. Come and give your request. I like what Chuck Swindoll said. Swindoll said this. He says, aren't we thankful that it's a throne of grace and not a throne of judgment? We're so glad it's a place of mercy. Aren't we glad that we don't have to have everything in order and all our problems solved when we come to him? We can come to him anytime, anyplace, anywhere, about anything. He says, come to the throne of grace. That's why I love the Philippians verse. He says, be anxious for nothing but everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your request be made known to God. You can bring your request to him anytime, anyplace, anywhere, about anything. And sometimes you say, well, I've been praying for years for this. Listen, I'll tell you all some things. There, there's, I've been praying for a particular thing probably close to 50 years. And it ain't happened yet. I'm still praying. He says, bring a request. In fact, that's part B here. B is to keep on praying. First Thessalonians says, pray without ceasing. I mean, just keep on praying. Luke chapter 18, verse 1 says, pray and don't faint. He basically says, don't stop. Keep on lifting your requests to God. Zacharias had been praying. And God is a God who answers prayers. 
Sometimes yes, sometimes no, sometimes wait. And you may say, well, I don't know if it's a no or a wait. Well, just keep praying. We'll find out eventually, right? In 1 John chapter 5, he says, pray according to God's will. And sometimes people pray for things, and, and it's contrary to the Scripture. So be careful. When you, when you pray, make sure that you've studied the Scripture and, and you're not asking for something that's contrary to the Scripture. God answers prayers. We don't have to be afraid. I want you to see this, son. Look at, um, look at verse 14 of Luke chapter 1. He says, you, you will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth. Wow. And then he goes and says, because he's going to be great in the sight of the Lord. And he'll drink no wine or liquor. It means he's going to be a, Nazare a Nazarite. We'll talk, we're not going to go into detail. Nazarite was a particular vow that people took. And he says, he'll be filled with the Holy Spirit. And then verse 17. It is he who will go as the forerunner before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers back to the children and the disobedient to the attitude of the righteous to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. His son would be the forerunner of the Messiah, Jesus Christ. Can you imagine that? He could say, well, I, I thought I wasn't going to ever have a kid. And now he's given me the forerunner of the Messiah. I love it when verse 57 later says, now the time had come for Elizabeth to give birth, and she gave birth to a son. And then later on it says, and they named him John. God answers prayers. Don't be afraid to continue to lift your request to God because we see it in the life of Zacharias. Come to the throne of grace. So what have we seen? Fear not dealing with salvation. Why? Because God's provided a Savior. Don't be afraid as far as your circumstances because God could do the impossible. You don't have to be afraid concerning prayer because God answers prayers. And that takes us to one more. And that's fear not to obey because God blesses obedience. Sometimes when we look at our world and, and to live by the Bible uh, doesn't always seem to be advantageous. Sometimes we say, well, if we do this, I'm going to miss out on this or, or what I think I'm going to miss out on or what the world says is this and what the world says, and I don't want to miss out. And sometimes we say, well, to obey the Bible, gee, I, I don't know. Should I or should I not? Is it always going to be best? God blesses obedience. So I want you to turn to Matthew chapter 1, flip over there, and we're going to see this. Matthew chapter 1, and of course we're seeing the story of Joseph. And uh, as you remember, Joseph was engaged to a young woman. Her name was Mary. We talked about this, I think, last week or the week before. She could have been as young as 14, maybe even 13. Most likely between 14, 15, 16 was Mary. He could have been as old as 18, 17, maybe even 19. But most likely he was about 18 and she was probably 14 or 15. And probably their families had helped put them together. And he's engaged. You know the story. I've told you this many times where he would go. He, he came with, a, with some money, and he would go to her father, and he would give his down payment, so to speak, and he'd say, I'd like to marry Mary. And then they would pour two little things of wine, and she would come into the room. And he's basically saying, I'd like to marry you. And if she went and picked up and drank, and then he drank, she says, yes. If she turned and walked out of the room, she says, no, until you'd pick up your money and go out the door. But if she said yes, you'd leave it to the father, the doubt. And, and then they were engaged, and 
And to break the engagement was a divorce. It was a good, it, they can't live together, not going to be together. He's going to go plan and get everything ready. But to break the engagement would be a divorce. And so here he is. This is the guy. And look what happens. Look at verse 19, uh, excuse me, verse 18 of Matthew chapter 1. Now, the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child by the Holy Spirit. Now, when we read that, since we know it all, we go, yeah, that's no big deal. I mean, that's no, I mean, that's a big deal. She was with child by the Holy Spirit, but that means that, you know, I'm sure Joseph knew that. No, he didn't. And now you understand that when Elizabeth, her relative, was six months pregnant, the angel came to Mary and said, you're going to have a baby, and your, your relative is six months pregnant. She left the northern part of Israel and went to the southern part of Israel to spend the time with Elizabeth until John the Baptist was born. So Mary was gone for three months. And when she comes back, she's pregnant. In fact, she's three months pregnant. So when she comes back, Joseph could have said something like this, where have you been? You said you were going to your relative Elizabeth, but, but you're pregnant? Well, yeah, yeah, but it's from God. It's from the Holy Spirit. And what did Joseph think about that? Does he obey or not? What is he going to do? Well, it says in verse 19, Joseph, her husband, being a righteous man and not wanting to disgrace her, planned to send her away secretly. So he wanted to put her away, but, but secretly because he loved her and he didn't want, because see, according to the Mosaic law, she could be stoned. She could be. If he made a public deal out of it and said, she's committed adultery on me, and so they could kill her. Or he could just publicly chastise her. But he says, what I'm going to do is I'm not even going to tell anybody. We're just not going to get married. I'm going to go get a divorce and put it away privately. That's the plan. But look what happened. But when he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David... Do not notice, do not be afraid to obey, to take Mary as your wife, for the child who has been conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. Don't be afraid to take her. Don't be afraid to obey. And see, sometimes we're tempted not to obey because we say it's not convenient. It's not convenient. Because there are so many things that our culture teaches that are contrary to the Bible, and people just follow the culture. I mean, I've talked to people. I'm, I'm, I'm just going to throw you an example out. I, I knew a couple that were living together, and they're not married. And I said to them, uh, they, they came to me and talked to me, and I said, well, you know, that's probably not, you know, well, not probably, you're not supposed to. And they said, yeah, but it costs us a lot. If we were separate, we'd have two different. And so it's just much more convenient to live together. Okay. Sometimes we don't obey because it's not convenient. Sometimes we don't obey because... It's, we fear. We, uh, if we do obey God's word, we're going to miss out. We're going to miss out. You know, because we don't want to miss anything. Somebody might take advantage of us. No. God blesses obedience. What's Joseph going to do? Verse, again, verse 20 again, but when he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid. Don't be afraid to obey. Don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife. But the child who has been conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And by the way, she's going to bear a son. And you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from sins. He's the Messiah and the Savior. Don't be afraid to obey God's commands. Don't be afraid to live by the word of God in our lives. 
Don't ever be afraid to live by the Scripture. Even if our culture makes fun of you, even if people laugh at you, even if you say, oh, you don't believe that, do you? Oh, you're not going to do this, are you? Because let me tell you, living by the Bible, first of all, it's the truth. John 17, 17, thy word is truth. And it's what's best for us. 2 Timothy 3.16, all scripture is inspired by God and is profitable. It's what's best. When we live by the Bible, then we're, 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 we're doing what's best for us. Not necessarily what's best for the culture, might say to us, but what's best for us. We don't have to be afraid to base our lives on the word of God. I love it. it goes on to say in verse 22, Now all this took place before it was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, Behold the virgin... It's Isaiah 7, 14. Behold, the virgin will be with child and bear a son. They shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. So what did Joseph do? Joseph awoke from his sleep and did. He obeyed. He did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took Mary as his wife, but kept her a virgin until she gave birth to a son. And what did he call the son? This is what the angel said. Call him Jesus. And he called his name Jesus. We don't have to be afraid to obey God because God always blesses obedience. So we've seen this morning that when the angels appeared, there were, there were four fear not, so to speak. We don't have to be afraid concerning salvation. Why? Because God has provided the Savior. We don't have to be afraid concerning the circumstances of our life because God can do the impossible. Just, just keep on keeping on. We don't have to be afraid for us prayers concerned because just keep on lifting because God answers prayers. It may not be exactly what we think, but he's going to answer our prayers and finally, we don't have to be afraid to obey the Scripture because God always blesses obedience. So as we think about this time of the year, and, you know, I, I, I love that, that, that thing with those adults, with those children's voices, and, and I can still see that guy going, you're going to have a baby. You know, and I just, when you think about what's about to happen, people are going to come from all over, going to travel, they're all going to come together, families are all coming together, and why are we coming together? It's to celebrate the birth of the Savior of the world, Jesus Christ. Now, we talk, oh, look at presents. We're going to have fun and do. It is going to be fantastic. But why are we actually celebrating? We're celebrating that at a point in time in history, God sent his son, the eternal son of God, Jesus Christ, took on flesh, became a human being. It's called the incarnation, became a person so that 30 years later, he would go to the cross and pay for the sins of the world, rise again, conquering death, and giving eternal life to anyone who would believe. So when we go out from here and we talk about Christmas, it's about the birth of Jesus Christ. And we don't have to be afraid. So let me give you some applications. Number one is let's proclaim Jesus Christ as Savior. That's right. Because see, God has provided a Savior. As C.S. Lewis said, the Son of God became man to enable men to become sons of God. God has provided a Savior, Jesus Christ. So what, tomorrow night, we're going to have a Christmas Eve service. Invite anybody you want to bring people in here because just by reading the Christmas story, you're going to hear the message of salvation. And there may be family and friends who've never understood about Jesus, and you can tell them. So let's, let's proclaim Christ as Savior. Second thing, let's, let's trust God in our circumstances. Why? Because he can do the impossible. He can do the impossible. He is the provider. He is the protector. He takes care of us. He, he does everything. And so we, we don't have to be afraid in whatever the circumstances are because he can work all things in a perfect way. 
Third, we, let's come boldly to the throne of grace in prayer. Let's be men and women of prayer. Let's lift up our prayer requests. Why? Because God answers prayers. It may be yes, it may be no, it may be wait, but just keep lifting them up. Don't faint. Keep lifting the prayers up. Come boldly to the throne of grace. And just remember, it's a throne of grace. It is not a throne of judgment. It's a throne of grace. And last but not least, may we obey the word of God. Why? Because God blesses obedience. Always does. May we remember all of these things at Christmas. May we not fear, because God has provided a Savior, does the impossible, answers prayer, blesses obedience. We bring good news of great joy to all the people born that day in the city of David is a Savior, Christ the Lord. And whoever will believe in Him will never perish, but have everlasting life.